We are uh, in session for my first Conversations with Friends episode, and I am virtually here with my very dear friend, Miriam Hannon, who is over in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And she was at the very top of my list of who I was going to start this with. So thank you, Miriam, for being my first person. <laughs> um, my intention for Conversations with Friends is to have conversations around well-being and things in our life that create well-being for us that help us be better well-being. So um, in all that I teach uh, and what I promote around being a well-being, it's a holistic way. It's not just what you eat or what you're drinking. It's a lifestyle. It's a frame of mind. It's the energy you put out. It's the practices and rituals that we do every day. And it's the community that we get involved with and uh, our relationship to then the environment uh, as one who's a passionate environmentalist. So with Miriam today, um, Miriam is the master gardener, I'm going to call her, because that's what I think she is. And I thought uh, it would be great for us to chat about how gardening uh, how it how it's healing because there are so many things you have shared from your garden um, over the years with me and I'm so grateful for them that I get to be one of the receivers but um, there's so many different ways from how I see it of how it how it becomes something different um, yeah. uh, once you take it out of the garden it gets transformed I see it when you just eat it straight out of the garden, but then I also see and feel and know from my own experience, the overall emotional and mental well-being that it provides. So I thought that would kind of be where we would go today. How does that sound? That sounds great. Okie dokie. Um, so I thought I would start first with... Um, what do you grow and kind of tell me a little bit about your garden. Awesome. Okay. Your garden. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, cool. Thank you for such a lovely intro. Mm -hmm. um, I always love hearing good things about me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. And I'm also very humble, right? Um, uh, you know, um, the garden really, uh, so let's start with what I'm growing and and this year has been a little bit different than other years just having um an awareness that it's not as convenient to shop right now um mm -hmm. or being concerned that what I want might not be in the stores there's been a little bit of that going on around here I mean not terribly much but I planned the garden a little bit different this year mm. um so where it's usually very much kind of just what do I want to grow? Mm -hmm. um, this year was what might I need mm -hmm. um, as well. Mm. So, um, so yeah, so I did more herbs than I usually do. And I usually do a fair amount, but, um, but I did more. It's interesting to me that that's um, – where my attention went and I did more of the things that I put by. So more beans, more tomatoes, more, um, beets, mm. um, peppers. And usually I plant those things, but not, um, not as much as I planted this year. Um, mm -hmm. interestingly enough, last year I ended up with, an abundance of um, summer squash, green and yellow zucchini, and a couple other types of yellow squash, mm -hmm. and um, and we enjoyed those all winter long. I mm. I froze some and in different forms, shredded and cubed, and it just seemed like a good thing to have. We eat a lot of soup in the winter time, so mm -hmm. whatever's canned or frozen gets used that way, mm. um, and it feels good 
it feels good when you get them out mm-hmm. and use them and know you grew them and uh, took care of them, you know? Do you have like a lot of, <laughs> when we grew do you have, a, I was going to ask, do you have a lot of freezer space? Because like when we grew up, we had a fridge freezer upstairs. We had a fridge freezer in the basement and then another full freezer. We had enough food. It was as if World War II was going to happen again. <laughs> And we were never going to see the light of day. We always had enough food to feed the entire alley of kids. Anyone coming over at any given time, we could easily throw a party and still have leftovers. So um, do you have a lot of freezer space? We do have a lot of freezer space. And um, I love that description of taking, feeding all the kids up and down the alley because that's kind of how we grew up too. We, you know, didn't have a whole lot extra and my folks gardened for um, um, pleasure and purpose, both, Mm -hmm. I'll say. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there was always, um, you know, when we ate, it was generally something that was grown or um, put by from being grown. Mm -hmm. You know, we ate meat and eggs and things like that, but there was a lot of um, homegrown and even my folks had a cherry tree in the backyard and I remember all the neighborhood kids helping to pick the cherries and then my mom would make pie mm-hmm. and everyone would eat a piece of pie for their labor and the rest would go in the freezer. So, wow. Yeah, it was like you could always count on coming over to the Boyle's house if you were hungry for anything. <laughs> yes. Or oh even, my God, if yes. even if you weren't, it was like, okay, <laughs> we're going to be done playing cops and robbers or kick the can. Come on over. Let's get a snack. Sure. You yep. know, and what do you want? <laughs> and I, I, my experience, Marlo, is that um, you have carried on that tradition. Yeah. What I was going to say, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, um, I have this, of course I have this relationship with food. You know, I love it. I cook it. Um, we have lots of entertaining when we can. And, um, there's great joy in, mm-hmm. for me, there's great joy in cooking and it's a very uh, emotional thing for me. And when I try to explain to people, you know, that we have had for dinner, what a party or whatever, and they enjoy eating it. And, you know, they might ask, okay, Marla, what's the recipe with that? I'm like, well, I don't always cook with a recipe, but it is, it's, the frame of mind that I'm in when I'm cooking is really important mm-hmm. because that energy gets transferred into the food that I know right. for sure, because there are definite times where I have been preoccupied with who was coming to dinner and might've been irritated or stressed out or wasn't quite, I wasn't in my normal space and it completely, I could, taste it and feel it in the food and I'd be like god this tastes like shit <laughs> like <laughs> go ahead you eat it I'm like oh my god what is the man you know where and I was just having this conversation uh, yesterday with some friends as well who had us over for brunch out on their backyard and uh, they were so concerned about making these quiches to you know to meet my standards and I said I need you well first of all I said I need you to stop thinking like that I said you know, all food is going to be great to me and I'll, you'll know when I know it's great, not because of the recipe or what you did, but because of the energy. And did you cert, did you cook it from love or did you cook it from this fear? And I said, because mm-hmm. that's what I feel in the food. I said, and the, the food tastes phenomenal. It's beautiful. I could care less what, what you put in it really. I said, I just know it tastes great. And that's the experience that's going on in my mouth is this, sensory orgasm as I call it um so when you grow okay so I know you I've been to your house so your garden is big to me like it's a big okay. garden you don't think it's that big well it, it's a third bigger than when you saw it oh really yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> so it's I really big I didn't want to share my space with Joe so he oh. tilled up more <laughs> of the yard to do his peppers and tomatoes oh so. I love it <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, okay. So your garden is now bigger than what I, I saw before. You do, um, well, before I even get there, how you mentioned earlier that your parents garden for fun and, and um, filling the needs of the family as well. Do you, were you inspired to start your gardening 
because of your parents or did you go a period of time when you left home and was like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. And um, that's really a good question. You know, um, for as long as I can remember for every memory that I have, I should say of summertime when we would go visit my grandparents or my aunt and uncle or anybody really, or when someone would come visit us, even before you went in the house, you wandered around the yard and checked out the garden mm -hmm. and the flowers mm -hmm. and um, generally whoever you were visiting or if someone was visiting us, you know, you'd see someone walk by the window and you'd be like, oh, Sitti's here, oh, grandma's here. Mm -hmm. And um, you'd walk out and meet her and you'd, you would, you know, take a walk through or around the garden depending on what was available. And um, so true. It's just what it was. It's, yeah, it's what it was. It's what you did. <laughs> yeah, there was, I mean, you didn't think twice about it. And right. um, my, my mom grew up on a farm in Lebanon. So um, she always, always gardened or farmed, you know, grew mm -hmm. uh, what they would have to eat. And, um, and my dad, my dad was a very creative garden um he would god he was such a good guy mm. um he and my mom had different perspectives on gardening so uh for example my mom would take the hoe and make a row and drop her seeds in and my mm. dad would put you know two sticks with the string on them and make sure the row was totally straight and <laughs> you know, they were just had two different styles um, and so what ended up happening is two um, two plots if you will mm -hmm. and um, they both kind of took care of everything but generally my mom would plant the way she planted and then and my dad um, smoked always you know when we were kids and so he would usually on the inside of a matchbook cover he would map out what his garden <laughs> would look like um, there just are so many, um, sweet feelings with it for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I was a kid, they used to have this thing called a punch and grow. Mm. I don't know if, um, you recollect that, but it was a little, um, tray with 10 or 12. It's like an egg carton mm -hmm. and, um, like the bottom of an egg carton and you punched a hole in the paper on top of it and watered it and you could grow tomatoes and so oh, we right. would always as kids do the punch and grow and then my parents and grandparents would plant the tomato plants mm -hmm. um you, you just were always involved with it right and I can remember like in what we used to call junior high school not wanting much to do with it um and the same in high school I would you know for me it was a way to get a tan <laughs> Or <laughs> to lose some weight, you know, get a little exercise. Because you're as so pale white like I am. <laughs> Not, okay? Not. I could stand next to you and I'm glowing, Marianne. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, um, but it really, honestly, it wasn't probably until after I went to uh, cosmetology school that, um, that I kind of got back into it. I became more aware now, I went to beauty school, if I can call it that. That's kind of what we called it back then. Mm -hmm. um, I went to beauty school because I was interested in makeup. And um, you could just do more with it with the license. And at the time, in Iowa, with 2,100 clock hours, three classes or 21 hours were spent on makeup. Mm. Um, so you didn't you didn't learn a lot, but you could get some experience and get the license. Well, what I ended up learning when you do makeup is um, if somebody has healthy skin, you use a lot less makeup and it, it's, you're able to create something completely different than if somebody doesn't have healthy skin. Mm -hmm. And that, of course, got me interested in skincare. And then, you know, you learn about how what's going on in the body um, influences what's going on on the outside of the body. And that's mm -hmm. when I became really aware of nutrition and um, things like pesticides that are used that I just, I hadn't had any awareness of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as 
that started to be something that was, uh, um, you know, up for me, then I kind of got back interested in it. Um, more than like, I can remember being 25 years old and Saturday after work, instead of going out with my friends, I would be in the garden with my dad digging potatoes because it was like finding treasure. Right. And I was there with my dad, you know, I was out there with my, now with my mom, it's, um, so there was a period of time that I got away from it. And then, um, you know, I came running back and after I got married, um, Joe and I had, uh, Joe and I, we just had our 25th anniversary. So we're here and strong. Happy anniversary. (laughs) Thank you. But, um, we argue a lot, like we have different perspectives. And um, the first couple of years that we were married, we, uh, a friend of his that he worked with had uh, an acreage. Um, he had like, tw- I don't know, 12, 12 acres or something like that. And he invited us to kind of community garden on his property. So there were a couple other couples that were doing it. And Joe and I and this guy, and um, we kind of planted things different everybody did so you somebody else planted something that you wanted you took some of that and they took some of yours it was neat mm. but what I remember of that those that was the first two years that we were married mm-hmm. um, it seemed like the only time we weren't arguing was when we were in the garden nice. so it um, it really um, it's you know it doesn't always go how you want but mm-hmm. I I have just a lot of positive, sweet, I don't know what other word to use besides sweet um, associations with it. Nice. So, and Aziza is your mom. Yes. And Aziza, she has her own garden. Yes. And is it as bigger, is it, is it bigger than yours? It's probably it's probably equal to um, what you saw when you were here. Sure. Sure. Okay. And she's a tough cookie, man. She's doing that by herself. <laughs> she, she is. Yep. I love her. She's badass. She's badass. She's really badass. <laughs> yeah. She's the badass guard. I'm serious, man. <laughs> if, if uh, grandma Lorraine was still alive, grandma Lorraine was a badass gardener too. Yeah. <laughs> um, they don't make them like they used to. I don't think. No. Well, they do. They do. They're just, Um, you know, the other thing, um, you know, talking about that, I feel like the re one of the reasons that my mom is so healthy is because she gardens. Sure. You know, the exercise that she's out there when it's hot. So she's sweating, you know, you get that kind of purge. Yep. Um, and then she eats, she literally, uh, especially in the summertime, she'll say, God, I'm kind of hungry. And she'll get up and she'll go out to the garden and start eating peas and beans and, right. you know, whatever, cucumbers, whatever she can find out there. Right. It just. Right. You just kind of take that harvest and, and what you're eating is, I mean, obviously it's fully nutritious. It's, it's rewarding on so many levels. It's rewarding because you're like, yeah. Hey, look at this. Look at what I grew from this little seed and everything on this planet is, emanates mm-hmm. from everything in nature emanates from a seed or some cell at some level you know and it's pretty yeah. um it's pretty freaking amazing i'm staring it's at my- when you think of that teeny like when you think of that teeny tiny tomato seed yeah that you put in some soil and it turns into this thing that gives you you know 75 pounds of food i know and and each one of those has a, a jillion, right. which is a technical term. Exactly. Well, it's, <laughs> it's in my dictionary. <laughs> Jillion's in my dictionary. Don't worry. <laughs> it's just, um, it's, it's amazing and fascinating and, and humbling, mm-hmm. um, you know, on a, uh, on a incredibly um, authentic level. Yep. You can do everything right and not get what you want. And you can do a whole lot of things wrong and still get an amazing harvest and 
you know, my dad always used to say that. And then he would say, because it's not all about you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's humbling and you realize how much, um, you know, when you were talking about cooking, it's, it's creation. It's the mm -hmm. creative process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that good, that leads into kind of where I wanted to go next, which was, um, what are the things uh, I know, I mean, I, what are the things that you harvest from your garden? So the things that I have been a recipient gift receiver of, which I treasure and love, <laughs> um, one of them are your tomatoes, but they're sun dried and they're like candy and it's mm. really addictive. It's ridiculous. And if I, <laughs> I don't want to eat them all. So then I save them. And then by the time I really realize I should probably eat these, then they're like really chewy. Mm -hmm. so they stick to my teeth like <laughs> nobody's business and I'm like this is amazing I love this and I don't even care I just sit there and I just like pull them out of the bag and I just shove them in my mouth I don't even there's nothing even ladylike about it I just thank you <laughs> shove them in seriously my mouth. it just makes me happy like it <laughs> brings me joy that it you know all the steps bring me joy and then somebody else gets some joy out of it exactly um so you mentioned, you kind of went through a short list. So tomatoes are a big one. Peppers, because mm -hmm. you and Joe love hot <laughs> peppers, which would just fry out my digestive <laughs> Actually, no, it's not so much the digestive system. It's, that's probably the after effect. It's, it's a, it is a memory response um, okay. from childhood. And I'm not going to, I don't know that it's appropriate to share it on <laughs> what, um, uh, what we had to go through. I just have an aversion to hot sauce um, because of um, soap was not available when we were growing up anymore. Hot sauce was the token choice. So I'll just leave it at that. Yikes. Yeah. But anyways, um, it, so you have peppers, uh, hot peppers, mm -hmm. tomatoes. Do you have sweet peppers? We do. I do. Um, this year, my, I started everything that I can from seed. And so, um, when I started my peppers, I somehow, I lost my map and mislabeling. So it's a surprise, <laughs> but I know there's hot peppers and sweet peppers out there. So when they start growing, I'll know. I just planted everything. So we'll see what they are. Nice. Uh, <laughs> um, we do a, a fair amount of root vegetables. So beets, um, different types of radishes, mm -hmm. it, you know, um, we've been, uh, I think, eight years in this house, and um, I've been gardening for seven here then, mm -hmm. and you learn what your soil, mm -hmm. you know, does. So round radishes don't work well for me, so we do like French breakfast or some that are called Patricia that are kind of long. Yeah. Um, China rose radish, it's almost like a carrot. Um, wow. They get so big. So that's, wow. uh, so we grow radishes, lots of um, greens, kale and mustard, um, some lettuces. Uh, I've recently this year, um, especially gotten into um, different types of Asian greens. So mm. some bok choy mm -hmm. and um, tat soy, I think mm -hmm. it's pronounced, yeah. but different um, kind of richer greens. And I'm really excited. Uh, I haven't had much luck with spinach here. Mm -hmm. So I found some seeds that are called Malabar <gasps> spinach. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they're growing. So, oh, um, good. And, and those, you know, you have a longer season. They do okay in the heat where the other things get kind of bitter or they bolt when things get really hot, which, mm -hmm. you know, it does here in Iowa. Mm -hmm. um, lots of onions and garlic. I'm kind of looking in my head. Um, oh, uh, tomatoes, several types of summer squash, some winter squash, uh, lots of herbs, cucumbers, uh, several types of beans. I'm doing some experimenting this year um, with like when you see a package of bean seeds, mm -hmm. the name doesn't mean anything to me. I don't know the difference between tenderette and derby and Blue Lake and all that, you know, I don't know what right. the hell that heck that is. So, <laughs> um, 
so I am doing a couple of rows of an experiment and I marked them very well because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not really known for marking things really well, <laughs> but I tried, we'll see. And um, to kind of see which ones we really like. Mm. Um, and all it, of them are open pollinated so we can save the seeds if we, if there's something we really, really like, and then we know. Mm -hmm. And when you say beans, um, are we talking green beans? Are we talking like beans that I have to soak overnight because then mm. I'm going to cook them the next day, like a dry? Most beef? of them, um, most of them are green beans. Okay. Um, um, green. Be I say green beans, but I also planted some yellow ones and some purple ones, and some red and white mottled ones. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see what I get. Okay. Uh, and there's a couple of the varieties that I can leave to become those kind of dried soup beans. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll see if I'm moved and usually, and I've done that before. And usually if I'm just getting so much of the others, then I'll leave those on the vine till they mature dry. And then I'll put them in a jar and we'll use them in stew and soup. Nice. Um, my, I planted peas, I planted okra and beets and hmm. turnips. Wow. That's I a think serious, that's, that's a lot. It's oh, and some cabbage. We'll see how they do. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's. I have a feeling as we get through the rest of this chat, you're going to keep saying, oh yeah. And I planted this. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot about that. Oh yeah. Cause I added an extra third pot. We put that in. <laughs> um, yeah. The greens that you mentioned, uh, one of my, I call them my farmers at the farmer's market. They're mine. I don't know that they belong to anybody else, but they're my farmers. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I say that as if they don't know how to talk to anybody else but me. Um, but, you know, I, they're the farmers that I'm most loyal to. So I guess that's why I call them my farmers. But They're yours. Yeah. <laughs> they're mine. Uh, one of them, Henry, he is from about three and a half hours southwest of where I am in Chicagoland. And uh, he, his wife is Japanese, so he has, he specializes a lot in the Japanese greens. Mm. And so I have had, I've had bok choy before many times, um, but the tatsoi and the Malabar spinach, which is not necessarily Japanese, but that's just wide variety of greens that show yeah. up um, from him. So, and so as I think of him, I, I recall back to something that um, you had told me years ago about your lawn because um, I'm thinking of dandelion greens mm. and mm -hmm. you know I know that you and Joe prefer which I would too I, I, if I didn't have to mow the grass well we don't have any grass what am I talking about but um, uh, I love just seeing clover and stuff all over the grass you know for mm -hmm. the bunnies and for everybody um, but do you have are the dandelions that this is a very silly question the dandelions that just grow on the side of the road whatever those are those different than the dandelion greens you would harvest and eat um i know that there are many varieties of dandelions mm -hmm. it's interesting to me now that seed catalogs um are offering dandelion seeds mm -hmm. um it's a huge because, green i mean it's a yeah. huge green for spring and, bitter yes and <clears throat> yep um, and the blossoms and the root as well, like all parts of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, In fact, I drink. Uh, to me, the like, I'm not. If it's a dandelion, and you can tell by um, the kind of, I don't know how else to say it, but teeth on mm -hmm. the on the leaves. You know the way they're yes, um, yes, sharp yes. like that. Yeah. Um, to me, the the only reason I wouldn't eat them is if they were someplace maybe that people use spray oh sure, just because sure. you know you don't you don't have to there's enough enough of them wild um but yeah the ones by the side of the road and we usually in the spring eat the greens like salad i usually make a couple batches of um uh tea with the blossoms early on mm -hmm. um, and then you know as we go like sometime in the garden there's some that get away from me and they just end up with huge leaves and we just use those big leaves like we do um, kale or sure. you know mustard greens or chard or anything oh chard I planted chard <laughs> you're absolutely right <laughs> I told you it was gonna happen 
um, you know, to cook them down. And, um, you know, it's funny because there is, they're so stinking versatile. Mm -hmm. Like it it doesn't, you could put anything with them, anything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and so uh, I want to keep us on the trail of, of some of the things that you transformed from the garden okay. to, it, you know, as we go, but I'll just make a side note. So my porch, I don't grow any food. I, I can grow herbs. I don't, for the longest time, I didn't have a lot of full sun. It was like maybe three hours of full sun in the middle of the day and you get kind of morning light, shade light. So it's been a transformation because the tree behind our porch keeps growing, but they also keep severing the branches further up the tree's trunks um and then this poor little pine tree that used to be overshadowing is on its way out the door but serves as a pit stop for all the birds to stop hang out do their Mm. chit chat do whatever they got to do and move on um but the squirrels that we have here in the city they're um they eat anything and though I do feed them and um, the bevy of birds, most of whom I call corn dogs, as you know, um, <laughs> I feed them all winter and I fed them actually a whole lot longer this spring. Um, I can't grow anything on the porch because the squirrels will literally yeah. clamp on it and just drag it across the porch and take it wherever. Uh, they've left me bagels in a fern plant. They've left me protein bars in the wrapper, bit a few times over beside another container. So I unfortunately can't do that kind of growing, but you can. And that's why I get to be a recipient of it, which I love. So um, one of the other things that I love getting from you that I want you to talk about, because it, um, it, it is a topic we talk about in our retreat as well, is uh, tea um, and the herbs that you take because you have so many and the different varieties and especially talking also then about Aziz's tea and just um, that kind of transformation, because to me that, that one is such a healing piece, you know, food, of course. And you mentioned this earlier, the joy you get from being in the middle of winter and pulling out the summer squash that, you know, all the hours and labor that you put into it. And it's like, Oh, that's, you know, December and I get to have this or it's February and it's freaking Mm -hmm. colder than cold and I get to have this cool thing from summer Um, but the herbs for me are a big thing because I use them a lot in cooking uh, as well as tea so Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about your herbs that you use and the types of teas that you like to make okay um but we aren't doing the workshop (laughs) (laughs) we can't do the whole workshop today all right (laughs) i'm just kidding um i'll do the cliff's notes notes. (laughs) um my mom when we were growing up and as we're all you know growing up and aging um has always made this tea when someone was sick that Mm -hmm. was um, whatever herbs she had generally that she had grown. And so it was things like um, sage and oregano and mm. um, thyme, and then maybe uh, some cinnamon stick and clove. And mm. if, um, if we happened to have a cardamom pot or two, I mean, that, that was pretty luxurious. Those, mm-hmm. those were expensive. Mm. Um, those would go in some peppercorns. It was just this kind of, um, what seemed to most people this odd combination mm-hmm. and she would scrub an orange and put the orange peel in there and then a couple of tea bags whatever she happened to have for tea bags if it was black tea or herbal tea hmm. didn't matter she just put stuff in this pot on the stove and uh let it simmer for a little bit and um what everybody noticed is that it made them feel good if they were getting hmm. a cold they wanted some uh, aziz's tea if they hmm. want if they um had some congestion or if they uh, just wanted something refreshing, they would come get some of Aziz's tea. So hmm. a few years ago, I thought, well, I'm going to make, and in Arabic, grandma is um, Siti. So um, everybody wanted some of Siti's tea. And so I made packages for everybody. I think I gave you mm-hmm. uh, one or mm-hmm. some 
um, of the mix uh, of all of those herbs and spices and a little black tea. And that really, really got me thinking um, here about um, you know, I always uh, hot beverages or warm beverages have such a uh, benefit to the to the body. I feel like you know, um, sipping on something at room temperature is is easy for my body to take. And mm -hmm. the traditional therapies all talk about um, you know tea, whether it's herbs or you know, from the tea plant or spices or, you know, it's medicinal in some mm -hmm. cases. That's, mm -hmm. that's what tea started as, is, mm -hmm. is a, you know, a, a pharmacology. So anyways, um, I've always had an affinity for it. And in recent years, I've um, gone a little haywire with it. So uh, <laughs> last year I decided um, on a, to plant a tea garden um, to be able to have things for our retreat that I knew exactly, mm -hmm. you know, how they were mm -hmm. um, grown. And so um, some things that I have growing this year are chamomile and as the blossom. So every morning and evening I go out and pinch off the blossoms, the new blossoms, and I put them on a screen to dry. And they were, when those, you, they're tiny, right? When you yeah. They're, picture, they're real tiny. They're so cute. Um, most of them are, like the size of a dime or smaller so cute. and they they are adorable um and you know what they're different like the smell and the flavor is different than um chamomile tea that you might buy in the store it's just oh, really? you know it's richer deeper more full oh nice um marigold leaves i've done um hyssop uh right now i'm drinking um I, I harvested herbs yesterday and today, and I always take the stems and boil them up because I can't stand to see them go to waste. Mm -hmm. And so I'm drinking the liquid off the stems of the hyssop and the lemon balm, the mint, the oregano. Um, and what does that uh, flavor taste like, if you were to describe it? In my head, I can figure out most of them. I don't know. I've had hyssop. But hyssop is a, a little like fruity licorice-y almost. Mm, okay. I mean, I know the name um, and I know it as an herb. I just, I don't think I've ever had yeah. it on its own. So that blend together sounds really lovely. It, it is. It's, um, I'm, it's cool. Uh, I, I um, strained them and put them in, in the fridge for a while. So it's a little bit cooler. It's about 190 some degrees here today. So I'm dying. Um. <laughs> That's a world record at 190 <laughs> some degrees. Wow. <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. You're not melting off. Still the there. <laughs> exactly. It's it's um just fresh. I don't know. How, it's is it, is it cooling? Is it, I mean, aside from the fact that you chilled it, but I yeah. mean, is the flavor yeah. itself very cooling? I would think so. It is, and I sometimes toss in other things, even some black tea leaves or green tea leaves. Mm -hmm. Um, there, you know. I feel, you know, you get, there's a difference between an infusion, um, which is like when you pour boiling water on and let them infuse, right? Just mm -hmm. sit. Mm -hmm. And a decoction, which is where you leave it um, on the heat and boil everything for a few minutes or simmer everything to, to really, it's a, it's a uh, deeper, um, darker, richer, mm. stronger, maybe a little hint of bitter. Mm. Um, and you know, our, our culture doesn't do bitter very well, uh, mm. you know, but when you think about olives, you know, they have a little bitter edge and, you know, I could eat my eat body weight day. in olives. Yeah. Exactly. I was just going to say, I could eat those all day long. I don't have a problem with bitter. <laughs> so it's, um, it's kind of, it's hard to find. I feel like, um, it's hard to find a man-made bitter that's balanced so mm -hmm. they're in nature it's you know it's part of what um what keeps i feel like keeps my body healthy sure. that you know the the bitter of strong greens right mm -hmm. that that it's the chlorophyll it keeps you healthy yeah well you and i both are if we're to really look at it, you and i are both pitta kaffas 
we yeah. have we have some vada in our brain and our the way we think like i'm squirrel like my head is squirrel, squirrel. i can't keep I can't, I'm like oh my god i gotta focus um but you and i definitely i think uh at least from my perspective uh we have yeah. we have the pitta emotion we have the pitta uh and for those of you listening pitta kapha pitta vada pitta kapha is all from ayurveda and they are body constitutions um, that's a whole conversation for a whole nother day uh, with friends. Um, and maybe it'll be Miriam again. We'll talk about it. But uh, in general, and in summer, when we're when the earth is heating up, our bodies are heating up, we need cool. We need to, uh, and especially coming out of spring, which is a, a bitter tasting season in general that one should have to kind of clear away all of that energy we've just held down to for winter to keep us warm and um, grounded uh, the summer uh, I think the summer cooling with that nice you know kind of bitter edges is mm -hmm. delightful light so you feel lighter yeah um, yes so one of the you had given me some of those herbs and I have put them all together you gave me a you gave me a calendula. That's what you oh, did. Yeah. You gave me calendulas. You got yeah. those growing too, right? I do. I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and that, so I put the, the gift you gave me. So I have calendula. I have lemon balm, peppermint was one. And then I think those were the three that I had. So I put those always together just for light, mm -hmm. like to clear my head kind of thing. When it gets foggy, which might be useful right today. <laughs> I should probably have some tea. But I find one of the things that I wanted, uh, I was thinking of you as I was walking through the Rose Garden earlier today, uh, close by our house. Um, do you grow or use rose hips? Because I was thinking hibiscus tea, rose hip tea, um, some of the red teas. Do you use. Uh, yeah, do you use any of them? Do you grow rose hips? I, you know, we have some rose bushes up front, but I haven't taken the time to learn, uh, you know, what that process is, I, and and if it has to be a certain type of rose bush or if mm. it can be any, you know, I I don't know. Um, well, the maybe same that's... goes because you grow jasmine as well, mm -hmm. like jasmine tea, mm -hmm. you know, which is always served in. Uh, Where am I always drinking it into the yes. Chinese restaurants? It's, or Asian. it's such a process. It's like, um, and I, and again, I'm not sure if my jasmine is true jasmine. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But the same with honeysuckle. I love my honeysuckle. I could just sit there and smell it. And I've been reading a lot about honeysuckle tea, mm -hmm. which uses the blossoms. But my, um, both what I call jasmine and my honeysuckle are roots of things that I've gotten from my mom, which she got from somebody else who got from somebody else. So I'm not sure if they're true. And I'm, I'm uncertain if it's safe to ingest. I was just going to say, like, you don't want to take a chance. And yeah. I mean, <laughs> or we maybe could try it, but <laughs> brew it up and pass it along to someone who maybe, you know, <laughs> Hey, Who's been getting on my sound. nerves. <laughs> You've been getting on my nerves. Have a little Jasmine honeysuckle tea. <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of what happens sometimes when I cook I'm like you know what I'm gonna just put a little extra red pepper flakes in here because <laughs> I know the effect it's gonna have <laughs> I know how to avoid it and I'm eating no I'm just kidding I don't I really don't do that I just I do try to clear my head when I'm cooking but um which uh kind of leads me to do you um do you use any of the, uh, do you use any of the things from the garden? As I say this, I know what the answer is um, for spices. But in my head, what I'm looking, what I'm seeing is a ground spice mm. versus, you know, just dropping the dried leaves or anything. Do you grind anything down? Um, when I'm using dried herbs, um, which generally are my um, nana, which is mint. Uh, my oregano, thyme, those kind of things, mm -hmm. the lemon balm, if I'm cooking with them, 
Oh, I dried a bunch. Oh, I also grow cilantro. I dried a bunch of cilantro. <laughs> oh, and dill. Uh, oh, and my holy basil. Okay. Okay. Um, getting ridiculous. Oh, and the chives. Okay, done. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I do um, like um, put a pinch in the palm of my hand and rub my palms together to make them into small pieces. Mm. But um, in my climate, things like peppercorns, I don't have a, a long enough growing season. Mm. Um, uh, cumin seeds or um, clove or cinnamon, things like that, I, I don't have a long enough growing season for those kind Got of it. spices that you really um, have to. I suppose I could do mustard. I've grown mustard seed before, but I oftentimes just, um, one time I, um, beat the heck out of them in my pestle and mortar. Um, but uh, didn't go over, it didn't go over very well. <laughs> they're, they're pretty hot. <laughs> I was going to say somebody's mouth's burning out. <laughs> Won't be mine. That's so okay. Um, well, so when you, so all, all of what we've just chatted about for me brings, brings well-being in so many levels because as you mentioned, you're, the physical aspect of just the whole growing and the prepping, and but then there's the <clears throat> mental well-being, which is mm -hmm. what am I going to grow and researching and planning it all out and, and that excitement of accomplishment, but then there's the uh, the emotional, and for me, I think, or well, I know what I experience in even just my porch garden, the spiritual aspect of it. Mm -hmm. um, and spiritual can mean whatever it needs to mean to anybody listening. But for me, it's just this, uh, it is a connection to nature, to mother nature, to, for me, it's a connection to the divine. You know, for mm -hmm. me, it's this connection to, um, I'm always in awe. I mean, I can stare at plants and flowers and never get bored uh, because I am in awe of this beauty, this life form that's just growing. And so I, I know for you, um, though your spiritual side may be much different than mine, but I know that the emotional and spiritual side for you rides high. I, mm -hmm. um, is that true? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Rides high. Rides high. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So to be clear, I feel like you're asking me, what do I get out of it? Yeah. I mean, what Is I it, have, what I wrote down in my notes was, do you find um, do you find that you grow certain things each year that are your healing go-to? That was one of my questions I wrote down. Okay. Like, do you have healing go-tos that you always put in the garden because they, the, the well-being that they give you is something that you not only look forward to, but it is a physical need. Like this is healing. You just mentioned the teas, you know, mm -hmm. you always grow those or maybe not always, but you've started to, and you found mm -hmm. that they provide a sense of physical well-being. So they become this go-to, but are there others, you know, is there anything else yeah. that you do go-tos? That's one question I had, but then yes, the other side is what is it for you aside from the physical and that mental, what is the other kind of what does the other parts of well-being look like for you that it provides okay um so my um habit or pattern um tends to be oftentimes making eating choices that don't serve me mm -hmm. uh I like crunchy, salty things, and I like sweet things. And it's really when the garden, everything in it, as it starts coming, uh, the um, I have a, a mustard uh, green that grows, giant red mustard. Um, 
that I allow a few to go to seed and they drop seeds. And in the spring, they're the first thing that come up as soon as the snow melts. And once those start coming up, um, I start eating from the garden. Mm -hmm. And as time progresses from that point on, there's always something. We do a few um, floating row covers and um, get some greens uh, going and some radishes going early. Um, the herbs start coming early and I'm having a hard time finding the words. Mm -hmm. The something that is one minute in the ground and the next minute in my mouth mm -hmm. becoming a part of my body, mm -hmm. all of it mm -hmm. changes it reminds me of it reminds me of what i can do to continue to fulfill my purpose my strong body serves me in fulfilling the reason that i was put here mhm mm it's beautifully said i i if I can add, you know, when I go to the farmer's market, as I said, because I can't, I don't have the space to grow, but so being the passionate environmentalist that I am, and a lot of what I teach when I teach nutrition, food, daily well-being, eating, all of that stuff, I'm, I'm a massive, very passionate supporter of farmer's markets and helping people understand why and eating seasonally and locally and all that. But when I'm in that market and just when I'm standing in line and I get to choose what they've grown, it mm -hmm. this sense of like, oh my God, I am kind of completing this circle, I guess. Um, and I feel in such service to these farmers, like I am indebted to them. I tell them regularly how grateful I am and thank you for coming and thank you for keeping me healthy and thank you for all of your work and what you do I can't survive without you I mean I simply can't period end of story um, and every every time I when I'm cleaning it I'm giving gratitude and saying thank you I'm like my god these are so beautiful and mm -hmm. you know even just to myself but every time I right. go into the fridge, fridge and I'm just like oh my god God, this is amazing looking. I can't even stand it. You know, it's mm -hmm. just and yep. so, and I'm not even growing it, but I I'm supporting it, of course. Right. But it's, no, um, I. It's to me. It's it seems similar, Marlo. You use the word um, service, mm -hmm. and um, boy, that just landed. Mm -hmm. That. Um, and I'll trust you to tell me if perhaps I'm being controversial or speaking out of turn, but mm -hmm. um, to be able to be in service to the environment, to mm -hmm. the planet, mm -hmm. to other people, rather than just exploiting mm -hmm. for my own gain. Right. I, that's, that's, for me, the spiritual aspect. You know, we, we build the soil, we put back into the soil, we compost. That means there's more worms. That's why we've got so many birds. Mm -hmm. um, the the um, other critters like the clover, we have the dandelions, which are the first food for the bees. We um, watch what we put or how we manage pests so we don't harm. Mm -hmm. uh, do you know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's we're in, in service to nature. In service, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I get it. I fully get it. And, and we get tomatoes, so. And you get it. <laughs> and I get to be, and, and, and like my favorite one, besides <laughs> the dried tomatoes, which maybe you'll teach me so I can, when I buy mine from the market. They're so easy. I know, I know, but I make things complicated, <laughs> trust me. Um, is Aziza's, the jam you make from Aziza's oh, pieces. I didn't yes. want to tell Des that I actually had a second jar. <laughs> I really didn't want to tell her that because I was like, I can't. I'm like, I am just, 
in love with this. I'm just savoring it like one little teaspoon at a time. So I couldn't share that with her. She'll be mad when she hears this, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, and I know in picking this topic as the first one for my conversations with friends around well-being, well, I picked it. A, because you're at the top of my list. I also picked this topic because it's apropos for the time that we're in. And it's been fascinating to me to watch uh, all of the local garden centers since, you know, COVID started. Um, and I, again, have good relationships with the, because I go to small garden centers by my house, little family-owned ones. So I know the families well. And they have just shared with me you know, this has been our busiest April, this has been our mm -hmm. busiest May, everybody is home and it has nothing to do. So between cooking and gardening, it's, <laughs> it's been fascinating to me to see this kind of transformation. And I'm mm -hmm. thrilled for both, because um, certainly I'll have a whole discussion about cooking later, but um, to see that people are really getting back outside you know, it's mm -hmm. the whole outside thing for me with, with a garden as well is to just yeah. breathe fresh air, to absorb the energy that is out there when it's, it's been waiting and when it's, mm -hmm. it's so untouched right now and so, so clean because we're not in it mm -hmm. <laughs> so much. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I go for walks early in the morning or late in very late in the day when the sun is starting to set and this, the aromas, you know, cause for me, that'll be a whole nother conversation. We might be coming back for that one. Um, you know, the, the aromas of the, of nature itself. So, you know, I can only imagine just even walking out into your space cause I've seen it, but I haven't in its full, when it's in its full blown gig, um, I can imagine at every stage, just the smell you know, to stand outside um, and, you know, everything that. the, yeah. you know, the tomato plants before they have tomatoes have mm -hmm. that, you know, unique aroma. Mm -hmm. The Sometime Marlo, I just stand there. Yeah. And you just smell, right? Yeah. Yep. There's a, um, there's a certain smell uh, and then I have to start wrapping us wrapping our conversation up because you and I keep talking forever which I love. <laughs> we could we good um I I get it when I do my bike ride up to the botanic gardens um which is north of me about 12 miles um I get it when I'm in that garden I get it mm -hmm. when I'm walking in the morning and even in the evening it's but it's like a waft it's like it's, you know, I'll walk into it for like two, three paces, if even that, and then I walk out of it. And it's, mm -hmm. the smell is uh, just this, it's earthy, but it's I was just going to say, and it's evergreeny, yeah. and it's uh, kind of dampish, and I smell the leaves, and it's like, it is my to me this sounds crazy but i'm always like I, I when i smell it i'm like oh my god i'm like hello divine like there you are mm -hmm. that's it you know and it's just this because it never stays long with me it's just like i walk i smell it it's, and i have some something hits me to say marl take a nice deep inhale and it's like i take an inhale i'm like oh, hi how are you and then it's like gone and i'm like okay well thanks for being with me on my walk mm -hmm. you know yeah it sounds very you know however anybody wants to take it but um that's that presence of that is, and just, yeah, I mean, I could smell, uh, I, you know, me, I rub leaves of all plants. I'm always smelling everything. I walk past them, touching evergreens. I walk through the botanic garden. I must look like I have, that I must be blind and or burned off my <laughs> finger, um, prints on my fingers or something. I don't know if someone's watching me, but, um, you know, I'm just constantly walking around touching and smelling and feeling and, you know, petting plants. And it's like, it's just such an amazing thing to be a part of that. Um, and that's why I wanted this to be our conversation, because it's not just the fact that you're creating along with nature and you are in service and you're giving it back, but it's just this whole level of um, experience that happens 
that kind of takes you through all levels of who you are, who we are as, as a human being, the mental, physical, emotional, and the spiritual, I think. Um, yeah. Totally get fulfilled when we, when we are getting in service to nature, however it looks. Yeah. So yes. with that, is there anything else you want to add? I'm so grateful for the time that you're sharing with me. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I am grateful too. And gosh, I sure hope that I know how to download this correctly. And it all turns <laughs> out great because I'm like, I don't think we can recreate this one, but it was a good one. And if we have to, we'll sure try. But um, I thank everyone for listening. And I'm very, I'm just super excited that this was our first conversation. And I'm so grateful that I got to be with you. Thank um, you. And I'm really glad that we didn't do the video thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good thing too. All right. So until our next conversations with friends, I think we can say that's it. 